The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of me and very much reflect the hidden recalcitrant inside each and every one of you. There will be topics in bad taste and many you won't agree with. So keep a leash on your inner SJW and jump on in with an open mind as we explore the controversial. Good morning, evening, afternoon, midday, dusk, dawn, and twilight. Actually, no, screw Twilight, that stupid book single-handedly ruined one of the coolest things since sliced necks. Bread, sliced bread, sliced bread. Today, I'm going to be giving my unwanted and unasked-for opinions on two main topics, but I'm sure we'll broach other things as we go along. Uh, But today, first up, we're going to be talking about fat shaming. Enter trigger warning and all that sort of stuff. Uh, no, no trigger warning, actually. We want you to be offended. That's the main idea of this, is is think outside your little SJW box for a minute and join me on an escapade, a crusade, if you will, of enlightenment, of very poorly researched things uh, and opinions that I've made up myself. So the main topic we're starting with is fat shaming because I came along... A picture on the internet, which kind of triggered me, really. Like, that was what it was. I got triggered. Uh, and there's a, a larger woman, semi-naked, laying on a bed. And it says, a real man will love every inch. And I was like, F off. Like, that's stupid. Like, I know plenty of real men who don't like bigger girls. And it's not because they're bigger girls. They don't like thin girls, either. Or pretty girls, or ugly girls, or girls with one eye. They, because they like men. They like other dudes. And that doesn't stop them from being a real man. So, yeah, think about that for a minute. Like, just trying to tackle this, this patriarchal system, you know, as feminists do, and say, oh, men are being forced to be masculine, um, you know, and, and all that gibberish. We all know the narrative way too well. I won't go into it. Uh, and then also saying things like, if you don't find larger women sexually attractive, then you're not a real man. Uh, which is it? We, uh, do we have to be masculine? And are we allowed to be told what makes a real man and what doesn't? Or uh, are we allowed to have our own sexual preferences? Is is that okay? Um, if gay people are allowed to have their sexual preferences, so... If it's okay for guys to prefer other guys and we celebrate that fact and we want them to be more open about that and be able to live that on a day-to-day basis, then I'm allowed to prefer thin women. If it's okay for girls to prefer girls, then I'm allowed to prefer thin women. If it's okay for people to dress as animals with little ears and tails and be a furry, then I'm allowed to prefer a thin woman. And if it's okay to get dressed in latex and wear 24-inch butt plugs while having your penis whipped and your balls trapped in a vice, then I'm allowed to have a sexual preference in my intimate partner, you judgmental piece of trash. Like, seriously, like being a man, a real man, doesn't have anything to do with, with your sexual preference. I know plenty of real blokes, real men, who are lovely, loyal, caring, beautiful people who like larger women. That's fine. And I know plenty of blokes that are just the same and they like thin women. Or they like women with one eye. 
okay, your sexual preference has got nothing to do with your your character as a human being. Um, I was always brought up by my grandfather to say things, uh, or he used to say things like to me that um, a real man knows when to apologize. That's what makes a real man. Um, romantic things like a real man will try and make his wife fall in love with him again every single day. Lovely things like that, like beautiful gestures towards other human beings. Got nothing to do with, with what sets you off, I guess. Like, yeah, and how can you simultaneously say that this patriarchal system is making men overly aggressive and masculine and want to break that stereotype and in the same breath say things like, real men love a woman no matter what size? Um, by the way, also, addressing this woman's size as a factor in challenge for men to love her, like to say that only a real man can, like only someone who's held to a higher standard of other men could love this woman, is fat shaming. Like, that's what you're doing. You're saying that it would be a challenge to love this woman and only men who are of a higher value would be able to step up to that challenge. Straight up, that's what you're doing. So you're not helping your cause at all. Um, and that was my rant about that. This is, like, the last two episodes, I've done Social Stupids, and this episode's pretty much just that. Just a couple of things I found on the internet that I would like to rant about. So this one is not really, I'm not really hitting any heavy topics on this one. It's just going to be a bit of lighthearted ranting from me. Yeah, you know. So we're going to talk about the trolley problem because um, as a, a heretic slash nihilist, atheist, so on and so forth, I always get asked the, the question of where do you get immorality from? And the, the trolley problem uh, is a good way to kind of explain that. And the idea is that you are observing a train careening down a train track and there's five people in front of the train uh, tied to the tracks and there's a separate track um, with one person on it and you have the ability to pull a lever and redirect the train to kill the one person instead of the five and we all know what you should do you should pull the lever and the one person should die and the five people should live because that's just a mathematical kind of greater good concept um, and that's that's all well and fine. I think most people would pretty easily just say that's what they do without having to put themselves in the actual situation to find out. Uh, but then you add things like what if that single person was a loved one, uh, a relative or a partner, um, then it becomes a little bit a little bit harder. Like, oh, you know, what does this mean to me? Uh, so that becomes a little bit harder to determine. But still, you should kill the the person that you love to save the life of five strangers. That's how that works. That's, that's the greater good concept. Um, and there's, there's another side to the experiment that says if you weren't so much in charge of a lever, but you, there was a, a big, like a big fat man, um, and you could push him in front of the train and it would derail the train or it would stop the train and save those five lives, but you have to be directly involved in killing that man then what would you do? And that's where it comes, it comes a bit shady, and I think people will start having a problem with with that because you, you're now directly involved. You are actively killing someone to save other lives. I don't think that's pretty, it's a pretty interesting concept. And like, how far removed from a situation do you have to be before um, you're okay with it? 
you know, like, like someone getting mugged in the street, people will turn a blind eye. They won't put themselves in danger or put themselves in the situation to save other people. So, like, you know, there, there's starts off with a lever and everyone goes, oh, yeah, I totally know what to do. I'm, I'm removed from the situation. Then you put yourself a little bit closer to the situation and say, oh, that's someone that I love on the other track. What should I do now? It becomes harder and harder. And then obviously the act of actually killing another person to save five lives, then you're right in it. And people go like, oh, well, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do. I like to think that I'm pretty straightforward minded and I don't really, I rather think I, I like to look at life mathematically rather than emotionally, uh, which is not true for a lot of things. But in this factor, I'd like to believe that I would take on the burden of murder to save five other people's lives. I think that's where I stand on that. I think I do. Like, I've I've jumped in and stopped people being punched in the face before, and that's normally if there's a fight breaking out, I'm in the middle trying to break it up. I don't really think about, oh, I might get punched in the face. He's going, up no, stop it. Stop it. And that's, that's where I go with that. Oh, we'll move on from that one, though. We'll do a couple of uh, social stupids and then I'll get into this this other one that I love at the moment. The first one says here, it's got a picture of Harambe, the, the gorilla. And it says, so they shot a gorilla for potentially harming a little boy, but they won't shoot pedophiles for legitimately harming little boys and girls. Oh, like I can see where the logic is in this. But I can also see where it's an absolute crock because these are two very, very different circumstances. If there was a pedophile just running around the streets, grabbing kids and fiddling with them, um, he—I'd say he, but that's very sexist. He or she would probably be shot on sight. Um, if there was, if that child was in actual danger of their lives um, or being fiddled violently in the middle of the street where people are. But this is not the case. Um, mostly pedophiles will uh, lure and take a child away into the privacy of their own home to molest them and so on and so forth. So it's not the same as a gorilla who's quite possibly going to kill this small child um, and there are animal handlers about. Like, you know, if, like they said, if the pedophiles running around the streets just touching up kids, you know, there's people handlers and they're called police and they would probably shoot him or her because I'm not sexist, kind of, slightly. But that's, so don't take things out of context um, and put together very different scenarios to kind of prove a point. All right, the next one is a quote from Kurt Cobain. I just thought this was funny. I'm not going to rip on this one. I think this one's absolutely hilarious. It says... They laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at them because they're all the same. And then there's a little picture underneath it with a line of forks. And one of the forks is all bent and twisted and the, the prongs are all messed up. And it says, just because you're unique doesn't mean that you're useful. And I think that's hilarious. I love that one. That was That's for me. That's my one for this day. Yeah. And then the final, final one of these ones says... um. You are short because your dad tried to pull out. The rest of your height landed on the sheets. That's not how that works at all, any of it, not even slightly. That's very wrong. Um, just all kinds of wrong, you idiot. I guess it's kind of funny. Unlogically. Anyway, so another one that I found on the internet, this is probably the big one that I'm going to talk about for the rest of the episode. The government's... Woo! 
government. Yay, government, as I like to call them. Um, this stems off from, I think, episode one where I'm talking about, you know, the government's here to suck all your life and pension and superannuation and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the picture is, there's six little pictures and then a large picture underneath it. But anyway, it says, things you can't do without government permission. First one is build a house. Next one is drive a car. And then go fishing. Um, Collect rainwater. Get married and do drugs. Um, And then it says, now repeat after me. I am free. It's kind of ironic that it's telling you to repeat after them, but it's trying to prove that. Anyway, so let's tackle the first one. Build a house. You can't build a house without government permission. Maybe the government puts forward certain permissions and guidelines to be able to build a house because, A, they want to make sure that it's structurally sound and that you live in a safe place to inhabit daily and it won't collapse and kill you and your family. Bad government. Naughty government. No protecting your people. Rah, you stupid government, how dare you try and take care of your people? Um, B, also, building houses, like having them built to a certain code, um, instigates the idea that you need to have professional builders, which means employment, which means economics. And we, you know, are you starting to see the thing here? You know, so it's it's jobs um, for sparkies, plumbers, roofers, carpenters, chippies, brickies, uh, jippies. Um, Sparkies are electricians and um, Jippies are drywall installers. Um, or would you, um, Sally from the salon, think that uh, you could probably build a house by yourself that's safe enough for you and your family to live in with all of your building experience that you got sipping lattes and giving blow waves? No, probably not. Uh, even if your husband was a plumber, doesn't mean he can build a whole house. So... That And also, it stops people from uh, building the house up and outwards and taking over other people's space. Okay, stop thinking about yourself for one second. I should be able to build my own house. And do whatever you want and change the level of the land. Who's going to turn your next-door neighbor's house into a swamp and stuff like that? It's not always about trying to screw you over for money. There's reasons that they have these guidelines there. Anyway, moving on. Driving a car. This one. Drive a car. Can't drive a car without government permission. Right, so it's the same as building a house. You need to register your car every year. Um, So the roads and traffic authorities, or the government, uh, know who owns it and that it's been seen to by a mechanic. And it's still in safe working order. So you're not going to... Stuff's not going to be falling off the car while you're driving it. Um... You know, so it's safe. It's for you as well as pedestrians and stuff like that. We don't want your steering wheel just coming off and then you'd crash into a shopping mall and kill 25 people. Okay? Again, stop thinking about yourself. Um, right, and the footpaths and schools. Like, like, would you rather have no registration for vehicles and anyone can drive an unsafe car anywhere that doesn't have to be registered to a certain person? So the next time little Timmy's skipping home from school picking daisies and someone just knock and runs him, just knock and run, knock and run, just... Get out of here, Timmy. Um, that hit and runs and squishes Timmy all over the road and everyone sees it, but there's no number plate on the car because it's not registered. doesn't need to be registered to anyone. It can just drive off. No worries. No justice for little Timmy who's been smeared all over the road with his dandelion still crushed in his disembodied arm because you didn't want to pay to have your car registered. Good on ya. 
government. Anyway, going on. Oh, fishing. Fishing's the next one. Um, I don't really give two maracas about this one, but I feel it's only fair to give it as much attention as the others. So the reason we have fishing licenses is the same reason that you can't start a cattle farm in your backyard or a pig slaughtering house or a goat milking facility. It's the same thing. We have uh, ethical rights and stuff that have to be in place. You Anyway. But certain species of fish get overfished and become at risk of going extinct, like which is one thing we don't want. And especially all the hippies and the greenies and all stuff like that, they're like, oh, you know, we're overfishing things. Blah, don't overfish the fish. They'll go extinct and we care about fish. But we don't want you to have fishing licenses, so you have to be registered to go fishing so you learn about the fish that you're allowed to have and not allowed to have so we don't overfish them and go them extinct. And go them extinct. Yep, I'm good at English. So there's that. So stop being a hippie and saying, rah, I don't want to give money to the government or whatever, um, but then when it's to protect things, like the environment that you care about, but still smoke, in your, like you're cutting down the environment to smoke it. That's a poor argument on my point, but take it. Um, right, and yes, look, paying for a fishing licence rather than just having a short 40-minute seminar before they just give it to you is probably another way for the government to dig into your pockets. That's probably correct. But guess what? I don't have to pay to go and see a doctor, so shut up and fork out a little money, you tight ass. It's not hard. All right, next one. Collecting rainwater. Firstly, this is not an issue everywhere, so stop it with the generalisation to suit your argument. Secondly... There are restrictions in certain areas like suburbia uh, for reasons like the new structure can block water, like we're talking about with the building, a runoff from leaving your neighbour's yard, turning their once delightful and perfectly maintained rose bushes into mosquito breeding swampland. So again, think about someone else, you jerk. Also, restrictions are in place to stop people collecting rainwater and selling it unfiltered. And for all you homeopathy freaks out there, homeopathy, homeopathy, psychopathy, freaks out there, one drop of bat or pigeon or rat or mouse or frog poo is not beneficial in a million drops of water. Turns out it's much more likely to give you things like cholera and guinea worm disease and typhoid and dysentery, which are a few words that I looked up. Um, Water-related diseases cause 3.4 million deaths each year. So, I wonder why the government wants you to keep an eye on who's dishing out free disease with every glass of God's own Acura There's There's always reasons why they want to stop you from doing things. <sighs> Alright, next one is get married. Yes, there are still a very large amount of people who can't get married. So if you've been triggered by this one, just settle down, we'll get through it. It's a matrimony. It's a coupling of two people and their assets. Mainly their assets. And if you don't want to get married, don't. But if you're a woman, jump in there. Because when you get bored of his ass and the pool boy starts looking mighty fine and tasty, you can take the pool boy for a ride, you know, and, and still keep the pool. Because that's the way that works. And I know I'm using this to plug my own misogynistic agenda. But tough, it's my podcast and you're listening to it, so deal with it. But seriously, you don't need the government's permission to get married. You need your girlfriend's permission or your boyfriend's permission. 
because without it, it's basically a hostage situation. Uh, and this does bring up a good point on one where some people are still not allowed to get married because of gender identification or sexuality, which I'm guessing what this point is actually about. Um, and I'm just being a little brat and arguing everything. Yet again, my podcast, so my rules, deal with it. Uh, the very last one is do drugs. Oh, don't do drugs because the government doesn't give you permission. But the government does let a lot of prescription drugs through. The permitted drugs by the government are drugs that have been proven to have beneficial effects. And I'm not going to go into the whole cannabis thing right now, but we'll get to that in a later episode and we'll do like a whole episode on it. Um, but all in all, the reason that some drugs are illegal and some aren't is because they make meth in a toilet bowl or something gross like that. I don't know. I wasn't really game enough to start Googling how to build a meth lab because, you know, government. Uh, and heroin and cocaine and weed. Yes, okay, whatever. Uh, but these are all unregulated and extremely harmful and addictive and have no health benefits at all. Even weed does, I know, we'll get into that later, but yes, all you full 20 idiots, uh, but weed still has a negative effect on your brain. And I smoke a little bit of weed, I do, I do, and I'm a hypocrite, it's fine. Uh, but I still don't run around telling everyone how good weed is and how amazing cannabis oil is. Um, you know, for it cures cancer and all that sort of stuff in an attempt to justify like a bong habit. Like, tell me how you punching cones at 9 a.m. helps little Becky get over over her epilepsy, huh? No, I didn't think so. Like, like seriously, like send it to me in an email. Tell me how you smoking bongs at 9 a.m. in the morning helps children beat cancer and diseases, please. All right, it wouldn't be an episode of Spoken Unspoken if I didn't have some sort of misogynistic, manonist, you know, a bit, bit of a rant. So I did a quick Google search, and I found 23 quotes from feminists that will make you rethink feminism. And you can find this on thoughtcatalog.com. Um, we'll just go through a few of these and hopefully have a bit of a giggle. Right, the first one says, I feel that man-hating is an honourable and viable political act, that the oppressed have a right to class hatred against the class that is oppressing them. From Robin Morgan, Ms. Magazine Editor. Uh, I thought hating anyone was not an honourable and viable political act. Haven't we been fighting against this for years and years and years that everyone, no matter of your race or gender or sexuality, should be able to have a say in anything and be able to live free and run through the fields of dandelions? Anyway, next one. The nuclear family must be destroyed. Whatever its ultimate meaning, the breakup of families now is an objectively revolutionary process by Linda Gordon, who's probably never been married and had to go through the breakup of a family. You twisted person. Really? That's the, you, you think it needs to be a thing, is just go and break up families. What happened to, like, the, the terms cuckolded? Um, homewrecker. You know, stuff like this. How about we don't break up families? There's nothing wrong with families. If you have a family, it means you've procreated. 
like you're helping the human species continue, which is ultimately the meaning of life. Is to grow up old enough to have kids and then have kids. That's how every other species on the planet works. We're no better. That's what we do. Uh, this one, he says, I want to see a man beaten to a bloody pulp with a high heel shoved in his mouth like an apple in the mouth of a pig by Andrea Dworkin. Yeah, I don't really need to go into that one. She's just angry. No real political meaning behind that. She's obviously just hates people. Hates men. Men, 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 men. Next one says, Since marriage constitutes slavery for women... Of course it does. Absolutely, because uh, every wedding I've ever seen has been a woman in shackles in front of the altar. Anyway, it is clear that the women's movement must concentrate on attacking this institution. Freedom for women cannot be won without the abolition of marriage. Uh, by Sheila Cronin, the leader of the feminist organization now. I thought we are going for marriage for everyone. Wasn't that part of that thing? Was everyone should be allowed to get married? Why are we now going for the abolition of marriage? It's just not consistent. Another one from Andrea Dworkin says, Marriage is an institution developed from rape as a practice. Again, Every every marriage I've ever seen is a woman at the altar in shackles and a man behind her with a whip. This is one is from Ty Grace Atkinson. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. But it says the inst Oh god. The institution of sexual intercourse is anti feminist. The institution of sexual intercourse. Institution literally says if you Google it. Noun, an organization funded for a religious, educational, professional, or social purpose. So I guess, technically right, sexual intercourse is for a social purpose, like procreating and putting more people on the planet. And that also means more people to support your cause. Like, what happens 50 or 70 years from now when there's no more people because no one's having sex because of this, this movement? We've stopped people having sex... Um, we're still not allowed to clone people, so there's that out the window. Um, yes, sexual intercourse needs to happen. Anyway, next one. Rape is nothing more or less than the conscious process of intimidation by which all men keep all women in a state of fear. No. No, it is not. Rape is something awful that happens to both genders... Um, It is a very terrible thing that happens to both genders. And, yeah, it keeps people in a state of fear. So do muggings, unsexually driven homicides, many other things, malaria, cancer, AIDS. All these things are horrible things that scare people. But not all men keep all women in a state of fear because rape exists. That is personal If you are not a rape victim and you don't live in bad areas where these things occur, I'm not saying they don't care in good areas, obviously, but um, I know lots of women who aren't scared of being raped. Not all men are raping all women. Um, And look, not every bloke that's been raped um, has been raped by every single other woman. These are individual accounts of individual people who do individual bad things. Stop generalizing everything. 
All right, this one says, when a woman reaches star, 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 I'm imagining that probably stands for climax or orgasm. Uh, with a man, she's only collaborating with the patriarchal system, eroticizing her own her own oppression by Sheila Jeffries. And, of course, her name's Sheila. 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 No, when a woman reaches orgasm or climax with a man, it's because he's doing a good job. On you, Davo. Like, or she finds him sexually attractive and sexually attractive enough to be stimulated enough to climax. Because sexual intercourse is fun. Depending, like, not depending on who you want to have it with. If you want to reach climax with a dude or a woman or a couch, that's fine. Have sex. Sex is fun. Stop this rubbish. Just because a woman enjoys having sex with a man does not mean she's being oppressed. If anything, she's being the opposite of oppressed and she's allowing to, like, she's being, she's enjoying herself. Something that people who are oppressed don't generally do because they're being oppressed all the time. <sighs> Catherine McKinnon, this one's a little bit. Yeah, I think, yeah, I kind of agree with this one. Politically, I call it rape whenever a woman has sex and feels violated i don't think anyone should feel violated during sex i don't think it'd fall under the term rape though um maybe it's just in my mind like rape to me is a a violent sexual act where um one party has taken away the strength of another party and forces that upon them this is more along the lines of um, possibly having sex with someone you don't trust fully and they kind of push the boundaries without uh, without your go-ahead, without your consent of that. And it just, just comes to the thing, just say no. Just say, no, I don't want to do that. Don't engage in these activities um, and just stay quiet the whole time in fear of hurting someone else's feelings. Because you saying no to someone, either side. Guys, say no to a chick if she's doing something you don't like. Girls, say no to a guy if they're doing something you don't like. But it comes down to that because they're, if you're in an intimate setting with someone and stuff like that, it's going to take them a smaller amount of time to get over the fact that someone said, no, I don't like doing that. And then you just move on and you go back to enjoying yourselves uh, than it would be for someone who doesn't say no. And and, and if you're feeling violated, that's, that's going to take a longer time to get over. Especially if you're in a, a relationship with each other, like a, an actual long-standing relationship. I mean, that, that that can put bad seeds in a relationship. So just be open and honest about it. Like, stop... Sex isn't something that you need to, I was going to say do behind closed doors, but you probably should. You should always do it behind closed doors. Um, oh, unless there's no one around and just whatever. But yeah, definitely learn to say no. Learn to learn to talk overly about what you're into and what you're not into. I think there's still this kind of stigma around sexual activity that people are like, oh, I, might, I like this thing and it's a little bit weird. I don't really want to come out about it. Guess what? Everyone likes something a little bit weird. Don't worry about it. Just be open. Be honest. Um, and if you're going to engage in that kind of intimacy with another person, make sure that you are open and honest and direct with what you want and uh, from the, the partnership that you have. That's my thoughts on that anyway. All right, this last one says, I do want to be able to explain to a nine-year-old boy in terms he will understand why I think it's okay for girls to wear shirts that revel in their superiority over boys. God 
Damn it, get the idea of equality. No one is meant to be superior to anyone else. At all. That's the whole, this whole feminist thing was about that. It's about women who were oppressed uh, back in the day now have the right to vote and don't even get me started on the bloody wage gap. Those two words should not be used next to each other ever because it doesn't freaking exist. We're not here in Australia anyway. And it's still not really a thing. We go, go to McDonald's. There's a bloke and a chick standing next to each other at the cash registers and they both do the same job. They're both the same age and they started work at the same time. And you say, hey, mate, how much do you earn? And he says, 12 bucks an hour. So if you go to that chick and you say, hey, you work eight hours a day, um, five days a week. She goes, yep, how much do you earn? She goes, oh, 12, $12 an hour. And you say, okay, what's your job? She goes, I just work the cash register here, you know, so on and so forth. You go to the manager and you say, hey, mate, um, do you work eight hours a day here, five days a week here? And he goes, yep. And you go, okay, cool, what's your job? And he goes, oh, I manage the restaurant. Oh, how much do you earn an hour? Oh, 28 bucks an hour. And you go, oh, why don't they get paid the same amount of money? They both work at Macca's. Because they do different jobs. Because they do different jobs. That's why he earns more. Not only that, the wage gap thing, if I have a room with 10 people in it, and seven of the people are men, and three of the people are women, and they all earn $5 an hour, at the end of the first hour, everyone individually has earned $5. But if I put all the men's income in one corner and all the women's income in the other corner, there's going to be two noticeably different sized piles. And that's where this this whole wage cap thing comes from. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Lint. Peace. You've been listening to Spoken Unspoken. Jump on over to SpokenUnspoken.com for info on today's episode. Email me, Spoken at RogueIntel.com, with potential topics, hate mail, or even to join me as a guest. Spoken Unspoken is a proud member of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Find all of their great podcasts at rogueintel.com.